ready, get ready, get ready for the steakhouse. You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With Stig Shapiro. I'm not a professional athlete. Sandra Golden. I think I'm just smart in general. Rusty Menzel. Don't act like this is some slappy that don't know what's going on. And Drew Butler. I have a lunch meeting tomorrow, and you, Sandy, and Rusty are not invited. It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And it's time to eat on the Steakhouse for two hours. That's it. That's how we roll. Drew Butler in the house. Rusty yesterday. Sandy's back tomorrow. Mayor Dickens will join us, by the way. I got to write my buyer's cell for uh, the Oh, that'd mayor. be awesome. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out. Georgia Tech grad, Tech plays tomorrow night at yeah, the Benz. That's why he's coming in. It'd be awesome. I'm giving him co-hosting duties. He may do the updates for Georgia Tech. We'll see. But Mayor will be here tomorrow. We're excited for that big time. We're supposed to have the chief of police in earlier, but he was under the weather. But we'll get him back in our leader series. But Have you seen what's going on at uh, U.S. Open tennis? All these players are getting sick. There's something going around both locker rooms. I mean, they're dropping like flies up there. Uh, anybody missing matches? I believe so. I mean, one guy, had to re- out. one guy had to retire yesterday after like the first set. Damn. Right. Was it? So uh, did Atlanta guy that— Did Eubanks uh, get sick? No, no, he's no Eubanks just lost outright, okay. right? Maybe he was sick. Yeah. Giving him an excuse. Well, I guess so. <laughs> How are you doing? What's been happening? Man, all good. Um, so fired up for football this weekend. The weather's been brutal this past week. I mean, luckily, I know everybody's dealing with some much more serious stuff down in Florida, but uh, forecast for the holiday weekend looks awesome. Oh, it's so. almost like the rain cooled everything off now. We're almost maybe done with those mid-90 days, although there have been some tailgating in Athens over the years where you're like, how are we in the 90s in September late? I mean, know? I've already talked to a couple of my friends who are like, are you going Saturday? I'm like, no, I'm not planning on it. And they're just going to go up and tailgate because the high is like 80. Yeah. It's going to be phenomenal. No, it's my daughter's first. You know, they give oh, me those free tickets. Oh, she's got to be so fired up. They're so pumped. They don't care, like, who they're playing. Like, Dude, this uh, is 6 o'clock, so they'll be able to do the lights thing with the phones at nighttime. They love night games. They have many night games at all in Athens. What's her class schedule like right now? Is she, like, English 101? So... She got lucky because she took all AP in high school. Gotcha. So she placed out of all the stuff. Like, she's got so much time on her hands now, and, and not that anybody's that interested. But my point is, you know, when she's you starting get, school is basically a sophomore then, right? Like, if you take enough AP credits, you right. can awesome. basically just kind of bypass all your 101 classes and your 102 classes your first year. Yeah. Well, he, so, here's what uh, I know. Here's why I'm asking, because, like, today around 2 o'clock, I mean, just school does not matter oh, yeah. until she, next Tuesday. I think I'm not sure school school has mattered at all so far. <laughs> I'm at a darty. I'm at one of these. We're down on uh, Broad Street. We're running her. around. So, um, yeah, she did good by uh, by pushing herself in high school. So this has been, you know, a lot of fun so far in Athens, more or less, for a lot of uh, families whose kids are off at school, whether it's Auburn or Alabama, or Tennessee, or South Carolina, all these schools around here, obviously uh, Clemson, North uh, NC State. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, pretty big game coming up. Yeah, that'd be great. That's, that's in, the Saturday night game. That's in Columbia, right? No, it's in Charlotte. Oh. It's the Duke's-Mayo oh, kickoff classic. Okay. Our buddy Sean McDonough will be on the call with his new broadcasting that's, partner, Greg McElroy. That's kind of a cool game, right? Should be a great game. A lot of hype, too. I mean, UNC's offense is going to be elite with Drake May at the helm, some Heisman hopes there. And then, you know, South Carolina finished the season unbelievably last year, beating Tennessee, beating Clemson, two Spencer top, Rattler's back. Two top five teams or two top ten teams or whatever. That South Carolina beat 
at the end of their season. Yeah, absolutely. And then Sunday night with our pals here at 92.9, Sandra Gold and Mike Bell. I mean, that's going to be a massive game. Number five is LSU your buddy calling that game? Eight, Florida State. No, that that's is Fowler, Fowler Herb Street. Oh, that's Fowler Herb And they Street. call tonight's game in Utah, which I was not aware of. Yeah, Utah, Florida. That number's been moving quite a bit as well. So, yeah, so like tonight, some really good games tonight. Um, obviously, the marquee game, Utah, Florida. Tomorrow night, our first chance to see Brett Key as the full-time coach of Georgia Tech and see Haynes King as they're playing as big underdogs at the Benz. Saturday, you have the full slate. Full slate. Which we talked about. Sunday night, LSU, Florida State. Two teams with massive preseason expectations. And this is just going to kind of let you know where the season's going to go. LSU, Jaden Daniels coming back. Brian Kelly going into his second year. Harold Perkins is one of the best defensive players in the nation. But then on the flip side with Florida State, I mean, Jordan Travis, legit Heisman contender. Mike Norvell, highest expectations in Tallahassee in probably eight years. After the big four, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, they're the only others really talked about for national title opportunities. Both those schools. I've seen a lot of people pick Florida State to to be in the playoff. 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 All right, let's do our nine at nine. Time to build the foundation of today's show with the top nine at nine. 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 On the Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. The four-game series everybody has been jacked about begins tonight at Chavez Ravine. Dodgers just swept the Diamondbacks, and the Braves just took care of the Rockies. 7-3 last night. They sweep the season series 7-0. Darius Vines, major league debut. Six innings, five strikeouts. Gets the win. He looks solid. Yeah, he really did look solid. Great debut for him. And then the Braves just keep hammering home runs. Three last night. Kevin Pillar with his seventh of the season. And then back-to-back home runs by Marcelo Zuna, his 31st of the season. And R.C. later, Orlando Arcia's home run set the franchise record for most home runs in a season. 250 for the Braves with a month and a half left to go. They are taking that record. And they're taking it out in the back, and they're, you know, putting it in the woodshed and just stomping on so it. So Ozuna hit the home run, and then Godden and Peter Moreland last night are like, okay, well, now for certain, obviously, the record's going to be broken 20 seconds later. Well, there it is. Yeah. Arcia hammers it out for number 250. I said, I, I said yesterday that uh, the Marcel Ozuna turnaround is one of the most spectacular that I've ever seen covering sports. There has never been an athlete more maligned then uh, Marcel Azuna in Atlanta in the month of April when he was hitting oh under God, under yeah. 100 and getting paid he all that money. Lost. Every sports talk guy, every dude you meet at Waffle House, every water cooler conversation was get rid of that bum. Oh, yeah. That guy may be the reason you win a World Series at the end of the day. He looks like a discount now which for what he was oh, getting in the season. No it's like, why are we paying him all this money now? It's like, are, are we paying him enough money for right. what he's doing? You got you to shout out Alex Anthopoulos as well, as we do pretty often. A lot of discussion when the season started about making Orlando Garcia your shortstop. He now has 16 home runs. If he gets to 20, the Braves will join the 2019 Minnesota Twins as the only team to have eight players with at least 20 home runs. That's incredible. Spencer Strider, Lance Lynn tonight. Huge trade deadline move for Lance Lynn. He's 4-0 with a 2.03 ERA. Max Fried goes on Friday, Elder Saturday, Charlie Morton on Sunday. Uh, Doesn't mean nothing other than it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I guess the Dodgers still a chance, obviously, for best record in the National League. So if they take three or four, 
Um, that'll be a real conversation in September. This is a heavyweight battle. The Braves are 20-8 and eight in August. The Dodgers 24-4, and four, so giddy up. The largest crowd to watch a female sporting event ever in the world happened last night in Lincoln, Nebraska. A volleyball game north of 90,000 fans to watch the defending champion Nebraska Cornhuskers win uh I don't even know who they played. I just saw it. It led Sports Center. It led the yeah. national news. That's just an incredible. Absolute mean, scenes, as they say. North of 93,000. Um, so kudos for female women's sports, for those young ladies in college volleyball. That was a big night. A couple of quick things. Atlanta United, tough loss last night. They get the first goal of the match in the second minute, but then surrendered too late. They lose to the number one team in MLS, Cincinnati. Two to one. They're in sixth place still with the loss. Yeah, they had a great opportunity to make up some ground in the East. They stay in sixth place in the Eastern standings right now. United travels to Dallas Saturday, 8 p.m. pregame, 8.30 kick. Kirby Smart tells us Kendall Milton's ready to go and Dejon Edwards ready to go as well. Both coming off injuries. Both uh, ready for the opener, 6 o'clock on Saturday night. Uh, U.S. Open, we mentioned Chris Eubanks loses second-round match. Coco Goff, get uh, get there early. You want to see her. She's the star of the U.S. Open. And Brad Gilbert, now her coach, she's moved on to the is that her third-round match, I guess it was. She's already won three rounds of the U.S. Open. That's right. Looks like a great time up there in Flushing Meadows, as it always is. Last tidbit tonight, the big college football game. Florida Gators at Utah. It sounds like Cam Rising, starting quarterback for Utah, likely will not play. Hey, we got uh, Garth Lagaway later in the show, the uh, head honcho at Atlanta United. Looking forward to talking about what's been a pretty good run of late. I do want to play some things for you when we come back. Um, most important question, are these athletes soft? Are they whiny too much? Are we going to play the old, oh, look at the young athletes today. They can't handle anything. I'll play the stuff. You tell me. And Drew Butler will, for some reason, continue his assault on Aaron Rodgers. Everybody in the world loves Aaron Rodgers on Hard Knocks, except this guy. I'm sure you think Urban Meyer came across really well on no. the Swamp Kings documentary, no, too. What I, a no. great leader of men. No, not, not Urban like Meyer. A, seems Listen, like an awesome guy. Get Marcus Mariota on your speed dial, and you guys <laughs> hang out together. It's Steak and Drew, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Nine twenty three, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 9 o'clock hour. We're, we're doing what we're living right now. Brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One-day treatment, life-changing results. AdvancedHair.com. Steak, Drew, Oren, Big Bo in there as well. I got to apologize to Bo for a second, um, who wasn't with us yesterday. I am that guy. You know, Bo's in like, Bo hosts our fantasy football show, Drew, here yeah. at the station. And I, I peppered him with questions nonstop over the course of the last few days. So I'm that guy. Like, I'm the super annoying. Walk into a studio yesterday. Um, he's also in, like, 12 fantasy drafts. So I had two drafts. Yeah, it's I had impressive. One, I had one yesterday, and then I had one two nights ago with Bobby, my son. And I was like, hey, um, um, Bo, um, I got Justin Fields, like, in the seventh round. Was that a good pick? <laughs> um, I mean, he's a, and he's trying to, like, produce the midday show, right? And, like, all I care about, I'm the annoying guy that won't stop talking about his fantasy team. Just like the guy talking about his bracket in March Madness, right? Yeah. Or or a guy talking about his golf game. Like th- three things that you don't have to spend a lot of time 
bothering people with, right? Yeah, I mean, the guy after a golf round who goes through every, every single shot, shot right. like, dude, are you serious? I was like, Bo, um, I took Bijan at five, and then I took Jamar Gibbs coming back. I was like, <laughs> like dude, um, was that good? Was it's, it, like, was it's like it, the um, Chris Barley, yeah, uh, Paul totally. McCartney. Um, you remember, remember when you played remember? with the Beatles? Yeah. Yeah, that's that was exactly, awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I got two rookie running backs. Is that good? <laughs> and Bo, Bo was like, yeah, that that's okay. That that's good, right? No, you did you did fine. You did a great job. And I don't mind those questions one bit. That's really? that's what I do. Okay. So So I got Joe it's only eleven only eleven leagues though. So this so, year. so let me just do that again. I got Joe Burrow in the sixth or seventh round yesterday because of the questionable for mm-hmm. opening week, mm-hmm. right? So, like, um, was that a good time to get Joe Burrow, like, in the seventh round or sixth round? That's a steal. As long as he plays in week one, that's a steal. He could be, before this calf injury, he was up in that tier number one with, with Jalen Hurts, Mahomes. And and, and, yeah. I know when you look at me, you see the same athletic ability as a Joe Burrow. Yeah. But I did have the exact same injury that he did. Which is? Lower calf strain. And how and long? When he went down, I mean, he probably thought he tore his Achilles. That's exactly right. what I thought I did. Uh, it took me eight weeks, nine weeks to get back, and um, it he, just hurts, man. He, he's Still in hurts four me. or five weeks probably, yeah, right? Yeah. And different recovery. It's called the soleus. So the soleus is below that kind it, of fat calf muscle. It connects to your And you feelings. can always feel it, right? Always. Yeah. Always tight. All right. A couple of things I want to get to. First of all, we're having fun on the show, but you do agree that Aaron Rodgers may have saved hard knocks in a year when they're like, we're going to give you less access we're not going to let you cut players in front of us. We're kind of don't even want and, – and, and it sounded like – remember the, the rumor was Aaron Rodgers won't cooperate? Yeah. It was basically the Aaron Rodgers hour for four or five weeks consecutively, right? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, am I saying that I don't like hard knocks? No, not at all. I've watched all the episodes. What I'm saying is he has manipulated, yes. and I don't blame him right. for it. He has completely manipulated what hard knocks usually is to utilize it for himself to fix his image, which right. he's done great. I mean, you're sitting over here just gushing over I the hate, guy. I hate the Jets, and I'm rooting for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I, I mean, I hate the Jets. And he was so damn entertaining and funny and relatable to other guys on that team. coming. He's in very the- smart, too. I mean, granted, he's got some pretty wacky yeah. um, tendencies, I would say, but he's very smart. That comes across clear. Yeah. The thing that sticks out to me the most is when you see Robert Sala, even in this past week's episode, giddy, smiling. Oh, my God, did you see that fast? Did you hear number eight's going to play this Thursday? He hasn't played a preseason game since 2018. I mean, these coaches cannot believe that they have a guy with that much talent leading their team. Here is the highlight, which you've already probably heard or seen, which is Aaron Rodgers getting a little tap from a – what's the kid's name on the Giants? Uh, Ward is his last name. Jihad Ward. Yes. All right, so here's the moment on Hard Knocks. Bro, that that. Show some respect, bro. Come on, what the is that? Five damn sets? I don't even know who you are, bro. I don't know who you are. You don't? I've never heard of you. Drops back. Lobs one. Front left pylon. It is caught. Garrett Wilson. Oh, it's a jet touchdown. Poke the bear. Bro, I ain't doing that. I'm not going to hurt you. Then I gave him the line. It's uncomeback with the ball. I said, I don't even know who you are. But he said, he said, I don't know who you are. I said both. <laughs> Which is very true. I mean, a couple things to unpack here. One, Jahad Ward shoving Aaron Rodgers, completely ridiculous. I mean, if you're in an NFL preseason game, Jahad Ward absolutely 100% knows who Aaron Rodgers is. You just don't do that at, at any point. So for Aaron Rodgers to get offended by that, again, his first preseason action since 2018, 
He goes right at Ward and says, bro, what are you doing? I don't even know who you are, which is a fact. Aaron Rodgers does not know who Jihad Ward is. Jihad Ward absolutely does know who Aaron Rodgers is. And those are the guys you don't want to piss off. Granted, it was a preseason game. Aaron Rodgers showing a little bit of that side, which we usually hear about. What I liked is when Aaron Rodgers was at practice, MF'd every single. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's like, how many effing penalties? This is ridiculous. He just was lighting these guys up. I thought it was fascinating, too, seeing Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers' relationship. Now, look, I know they played together for a long time. I know they were close. I didn't know Aaron Rodgers was his kid's godfather. Godfather. I didn't know Randall Cobb was going to retire and then Aaron Rodgers called him and said, come play with me in New York. How about Aaron, uh, Randall Cobb's kids watching him and saying, that's Uncle uh, Aaron, Uncle Aaron. And Incredibly when Randall Cobb close. is talking to the young receivers with the Jets, he's teaching them. He's like, look, if you do this, 12 ain't going to throw you the ball. Or eight's not going to throw you the ball. You need to fix what's going on or else he won't trust you. Who's the stud receiver for the Garrett Jets? Wilson, Garrett Wilson. That kid's I'm, a free. How about when he tells Garrett Wilson, come in my office, sits him down and says, here's what we want to do. Yeah. And that guy... Listen, they had the rookie of the year on offense and defense last year. Meanwhile, the, the kid on the Giants, Jihad Ward, he says the incident was edited to favor Rodgers. You think so? Yeah, I mean, get and out it, of here, dude. And it failed to show the event that led up to the interaction, that being receiver Randall Cobb's blindside block on safety, Bobby McCain. They did show that, though. And let me tell you why they edited it to help Aaron Rodgers. Because everybody knows who Aaron Rodgers is, and Jihad Ward, nobody knows who you are. But he did make the Giants, correct? I mean, he he... I, from what I understand, because somebody asked yesterday, is he on the 53-man? I think that he is. Very entertaining stuff. He wasn't happy how they edited it. Listen, be happy if you have an NFL paycheck. Yeah, Don't I mean, worry about this is the first time. Um, you're the opposite of keep my name out your mouth. Everybody knows your name now, right? <laughs> yeah, You should I mean, be happy. Everybody knows your name. I, I guess you could say he took advantage of the situation, or he could have gone the other way and just said, Hey, look, it was heat of the moment. You know, I'm hyper competitive, and I'm, I'm glad that I made the 53 or whatever. They opened the season against Buffalo on Monday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Monday night, opening night. Is that in Buffalo or New York? No, it's in New York, I believe. It's Damn, in dude. Jet Life Stadium, what is Aaron Rodgers is calling it. What is that ticket? It is in New York, isn't it, guys? Yeah. Almost certain. Monday Night Football. All right, want to play this for you as well. And we hadn't had a chance to get a reaction. Coco Goff, great story. She's on past the third round. She wins again yesterday. Two matches ago, she plays Laura Siegemann, 30-plus-year-old, 34-year-old. German, I believe. German. Journeyman player, whatever. Uh, she, She goes to the slow play tactic to try to slow down Coco Goff. Very obvious slow play tactic. Especially when Coco Goff is serving and ready to go after, as Coco Goff said, we just played two points. What does she need a break for? It's a serve and volley. It was over. Well, the crowd, it's a it's an American crowd. It's a New York crowd. And it's a crowd that doesn't like watching what she's trying to pull. So they they rain booze upon her. Many, many uh, players have been through the U.S. Open. There are times when the Williams sisters weren't always the darlings of New York or other places. Well, here she was in the press conference. I want to get your reaction and is she a example of a non-competitor? And I'm, I'm just a bit, I mean, at the end of the day, I go home and I can look at myself and I can say, I did a great job. But did I get anything from the people for that? I didn't, maybe it's not zero, maybe it feels like zero right now, but it feels pretty much like a, a flat zero. Even, even 
less than a zero because they treated me bad. <laughs> like they treated me like I was a cheater, a like I was like trying, you know, sneaky ways to to win this match or something. They treated me like I was a bad person. Okay, she she breaks down in front of those reporters. Do you have any sympathy? Do you have absolutely any? not? I watched the match. I have zero sympathy. I mean, Coco Goff had to go to the line judge and be like, "What is going on? Rain this thing." But you in. heard they treat her bad. Well, they welcome should. to sports, and you are the visiting team at the U.S. Open, and when you're making egregious slow play tactics so obvious, yeah, you need to face the music. Yes, you need to get booed. And for her to take that emotional response in her post-match press comments, hey, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. What I would say is, what I would say is the great competitors – would it have that fuel their game, right? As opposed yes. to crumbling under the boo birds of the U.S. Open. I mean, you think stuff? John McEnroe has shied away from some boos in his day? Listen, the Williams sister, what was it, Indian Wells, the nonsense they had to deal with? Dude, Novak Djokovic couldn't even play in the U.S. Open last year. He's yeah. coming for some serious vengeance in Flushing <laughs> Meadows she, this time around. She did not. They treat me bad. She did not put herself in a great light with that little boohoo afterwards, right? And I try to be sensitive. I'm more sensitive than you, I think, right? And you're and you're you're the millennial. You're the millennial. You're supposed to be the most sensitive, dude. I've I've seen it all. I've done it all. You can't touch me. <laughs> when we come back, Garth Lagerway, Atlanta United's had a fascinating week, which will continue with another big game coming up. And I'm going to ask him the question: If I'm going to watch one soccer documentary in the next seven days of one of these new ones. Which one? And, oh, yeah, why did we lose 2-1? We'll find out about that as well. Coming up, fastest two hours in radio. It's a Steakhouse Steak and Drew. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Life-changing results, advancedhair.com. Make sure you follow us at Drew Butler at Steak Shapiro. Get the Odyssey app. You can listen anytime, anywhere, especially when you have a big interview with Garth Lagaway. You just go like, oh, I want to hear that interview again. You go to our uh, Odyssey app, and you are good to go. A huge, huge week. A lot to a lot to get into. Uh, everybody from uh, the Braves four-game series coming up with the Dodgers. Start of really college football week one tonight, Utah and Florida, among other games. And just uh, an exciting time, Falcon season around the corner as well. But joining us now, they've been a hot conversation of late. It's been a kind of a thrilling last 10 days. Garth Lagaway, the president of the team, joining us of Atlanta United on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Garth, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, guys. Garth, first things first, I walked into the studio today. I saw my personalized Atlanta United 404 kit. I got to say thanks so much. That was awesome. I was like, man, Garth and I are reaching a new level. But then I found out everybody at 92.9, the game, got the uh, jersey. So <laughs> thank you, man. Those are sweet, and they look good on the on the uh, pitch, too. It, it doesn't diminish our love for you any, any, any bit, though, Drew. Just keep that in mind. Okay. The, uh, it, it is an awesome jersey, really cool. Uh, team put a ton of work into it. Um, there's actually, uh, if you open your box when you get pulled out, if, if you tap on that spot in the, in the lid of the box that says tap here, um, it leads you to a 30-minute documentary on uh, culture and sport and the evolution of, of uh, that stuff together in Atlanta, which is it's really cool. Awesome. Garth Lagerway with us, president of Atlanta United. I am going to get back to the conversation of documentaries and soccer and all the ones out there on Netflix and Apple and, and Amazon. And you're going to coach me through if you've seen any of them. But I want to talk about last night, and I want to talk about the week in general, which has been exciting. Breakdown last night for us in terms of a, a tough 2-1 to one loss to the best team in MLS. An exciting night, though, at the Benz. 
you look for 75 minutes, we went toe-to-toe with the, with the best team in the league. And um, at the end, we couldn't get it over the line. But if you, you know, you talk about the last 10 days stake and, you know, uh, we went away to Seattle, arguably the best team of the last decade, beat them, uh, came home uh, against Nashville and, and uh, coming off a League Cup final penalty kick loss, you know, so a really good run for them, uh, beat them. And then for 75 minutes, went toe-to-toe Cincinnati. So it's, it's been a good post-window, uh, post-break for us so far. Now, we got a tough one coming up in Dallas. It's going to be hot. Um, it's going to be, you know, a third game in a week. It's going to be physically and mentally challenging, and we got to be up for it. But we can't let 15 minutes at the end of, of last night take away from the steps and the progress we've made. Um, in particular, we got to do more to integrate Saba. Uh, there, there were a couple of times when he was open last night, and, and uh, we didn't find him. Um, but that was okay. You know, they, they, he literally had only a couple of days of training with the team. So um, we really should keep getting better now every game, and that's really encouraging. Garth, you mentioned that huge win on the road at Seattle, which was big for you personally as well. Do you feel like moments, given how big that match was, are the ones that can really kind of get this team focused as we head into the final stretch of the season fighting for a playoff spot? Absolutely, Drew. You know, you play them enough teams, man. Sports is the same. You got to have belief. You got to believe in yourselves. And everybody's going to get knocked down, and it's not always going to go your way. And it's how you respond. And you know, we came out of the break. We'd had a rough stretch. Um, you know, one you know handful of games since April, um, and we killed it. And we came out with that new belief, that new confidence. And we were flying high. And you know, again, last 15 minutes last night against a really good team. That's a bummer but we can't let it take away from the, the progress that we made, the momentum we have. Again, Saba's getting up uh, up to speed. Um, we still have one other signing we're waiting on uh, a visa for. So, again, we should just keep getting stronger And if, if we have that belief. Um, and I think that's what it'll be a test of against Dallas is really mental toughness. Do we have that belief and what are going to be physically adverse conditions? Uh, can we grind our way through it? Can we get contributions from the whole roster? Uh, and can we get something done that maybe maybe won't be pretty, uh, but hopefully can be effective? Garth Lagaway, president of Atlanta United, joining us. So I kind of look at this like, I don't know, a sales pitch, like you're selling a home or you're, you're pitching a new corporation to be a part of the United. When you have a night like Saturday night, when you're just like, hey, let, let me show you what Atlanta soccer can look like. And you have north of, I don't know, 60,000, and you're winning 4 nothing. And it's a Saturday night with nothing else, you know, sports-wise going on. Is that kind of the vision or the reputation that Atlanta has and us showcasing ourselves better than almost any soccer city in, in, in really in the world? Yeah, that, that's, that's absolutely the goal. We, we want to be the, the center of soccer in North America. Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to host big events like Copa America in addition to the World Cup. Um, you know, we are trying to get uh, U.S. soccer to relocate down here. So there's some big, big macro things going on, too, yeah. um, that we're pursuing in addition to just that Atlanta United uh, vertical. But, yeah, that, that, that's it. Can we, if we can put a 60, I think we had 65, right, the other night? That was awesome. Uh, six, that, that was, 65. And, yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, and, and that's the biggest soccer crowd this year. Well, maybe not the, I think the Rose Bowl, I think at 82 and 1. But, you know, one of the biggest crowds of the year stake and you know, really, really good progress for us. You know, I talk about this for my friends at the Hawks. I talk about my friends at the Falcons. Your best marketing is what happens when you actually spend the money. How do you feel when you leave? 
And I heard so many people were like, dude, that that was so awesome on Saturday night to be there. And and that's what, you know, who who's going to be buying a ticket from last weekend and not want to come back? Yeah, look, and it's up to us now, again, to, to play well, to, keep, to, to continue to raise our level of play because these should be really meaningful games down the stretch. And that's what people want to see, right? I mean, in my short time here, uh, it seems like people really like big events. They love coming to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, for exciting games. And I think for the most part, we've delivered that. I mean, even last night was a really good soccer game. Didn't end the way we wanted, but uh, it was back and forth and trading punches. And, you know, now we got, I think, three home games left. And, you know, we, we probably got to win them all. So it, it's going to be – there's going to be some drama. There's going to be some tension. And it'll be worth coming to uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I suspect. No doubt. And one of those home games, the next home game is going to be Inter-Miami. Lionel Messi hopefully will be playing. That's September 16th. But this weekend, you mentioned it. At Dallas, tough environment, going to be hot. What do you need to see from the team? Is it a fast start? Is it finishing the game strong? Is it giving 90-plus minutes of total effort and getting the dub? It's, it's the last thing to do more than anything. It, it is keeping your composure. Um, in soccer, a lot of times when, you, when you're in adversity, when you're in heat, you want to keep the ball. You want to make the other team run. Um, you want to slow the game down. Um, and, again, it is not – a recipe for beautiful soccer, um, but we have to be effective across 90 minutes, and we have to be focused. Uh, I suspect it's going to be a low-scoring game given the conditions. Um, you know, so one mistake can turn the game, and it's the kind of game you need everybody on the roster. You're going to have to go five deep off your bench. Um, you may have to rotate a little bit in the starting lineup. Um, you know, we are going to need contributions from everybody, um, but we don't need anybody but to play hero ball. We we got to play as a team. We got to play within ourselves. We were at our best the last, these last three games when the ball was moving, and that was the the reflection of we put two fast wingers into the team that can run in behind, uh, and we were able to stretch the field consistently uh, against those teams. Um, and at the end of last night, we got away from that a little bit. There's a little bit of hero ball. Um, everybody's trying to make a play, and and you know that's not a bad instinct, but we're we are best when we work together and we stick together and the ball keeps moving. All right, we only got about 90 seconds left. Garth Lagaway, president of Atlanta United. First off, is Messi going to play, you think, uh, on that September 16th date? I, I, look, I think so. He said he's going to play on turf. Obviously, we don't control that. So I'm really super careful about just saying we play Miami on the 16th. I hope you come watch Atlanta United play Miami. <laughs> and obviously, if the best player in the world shows up, uh, I don't think anybody's objecting to that. All right, um, you a Ted Lasso fan or not? Huge Ted Lasso fan. How'd you feel about how this series played out? I thought it was one of the better endings, finale that you could wrap up a series with, right? It, it really wasn't, it, but it was definitely a serious finale, right? That wasn't a season finale. Yep. At the end. Yeah, it was. A, it, it wrapped it up beautifully. Um, I was going to ask you about some of these. So everyone's telling me I need to see the Wrexham documentary with Ryan Reynolds. I just heard about the Newcastle documentary where our radio stations feature with Darren Eels. Have you seen any of these? There's a lot of docs out there with European soccer that Americans are trying to navigate. Which one should you watch? Have you seen any of them? I, I have not seen uh, rest from Newcastle. Uh, Darren's probably going to give me a bunch of sticks if I don't watch that Newcastle one soon. So uh, I'll, I'll have to check that out. You're a busy uh, man. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's some things. We, we, we did some things in the, in the summer window, you know, changing uh, five out of ten starters. Uh, we've had some things to do. Uh, yeah. But we got to keep working. Still a work in progress. Well, um, it is exciting to see how you came back after a little bit of a slumber. A lot of action left. 
Obviously, a special night hopefully happening in a couple of weeks here with Miami coming in. And once again, other than I do have one complaint, if, if I can mention it for a second. My son, Bobby, who's 12, we're opening up the kit. And I was like, bro, I want you to open up the new kit because it's really cool. And then he drops a, you know, a 12-year-old's not supposed to say like, oh, blank. And I was like, <laughs> did you see it on Twitter? No, I haven't seen that yet, but he's fired up, I'm guessing. Dude, he looked at it, he saw the kit, and he dropped a profanity. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or it's a bad thing. that good looking. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So it's all right. It's on Twitter. You can see what Bobby had to say. I think that means he really liked it. That's what I would say. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. It's a cool third kid, and, and uh, I love connecting us to the Atlanta community. Yeah, my kid was so psyched. All right, thanks, buddy. We'll Thank talk you, to you, Garth. It's Garth Lagerwey, right, president of Atlanta United. Uh, would have been nice to get the dub last night for sure. Yeah, that would have been huge. But, yeah. you know, he said it. That win in Seattle and then beating Nashville 4-0, it's time to hunker down right now and put together these full matches, which they're going to have the opportunity to do and, and get back to the Shameless playoffs. plug. Shameless plug. I'm cr- I went to parents' night, driving back. Mike Conti. Parents' night? It's the, it's, there's been 10 <laughs> days of school. Listen, pa- parents back to school. Mike Connie and Jason uh, Longshore, dude, coming through a hundred thousand watt FM on a home game that sounded so crisp, yeah. sounded great. so clean, bro. When we come back, uh, we have a football coach saying, "I'm a dad first, which is really heartwarming when he's about to play Georgia. Also, one of the greatest college football players of all time has turned his back on his roots. And boy, is one of their alumni killing him. Wait till you hear his response. This is as good as it gets in the tailgate. Five minutes away. Sports Radio 929.